Welcome to the Silish Podcast. My name is Whitney Apke and I'm your host. On today's podcast, we have the beautiful and lovely Yasmin Elzamore. Yasmin is a certified relationship and transformational coach. She's a spiritual mentor, speaker, and the host of the popular podcast, Humanity Feels. But above all, she is a multi-passionate trailblazer, truth seeker, alchemist, and creative visionary trying to pave her own path and make a difference in the world by leading with integrity and shining her authentic light. Yes, ma'am. After experiencing a spontaneous spiritual awakening at the age of 21, hitting rock bottom shortly after and going through a difficult breakup and a lot of trauma all at the same time, she realized that she wanted to help others turn their own pain into power plus manifest inner peace. And that's truly the work that you do. I know you on a personal level as well as a co-workership. You were, gosh, I don't even know. Were you like my fifth episode? I think it, I was the fifth. I was something like that. Right. And I was, <laughs> the universe literally showed me you. And I was like, yes, <laughs> that that's how it started. Like that's, that's our bond. We are long lost loves that found each other in this life. That's for we, damn sure. So are, <laughs> and I love that feeling. <laughs> it's awesome. And we've never even like hung out in person, but I just I know, know like whenever we do, we're going to, it's like going to be a nonstop hug. Not that anybody listening cares to know that, but <laughs> I don't think the embrace is ever going to like disconnect like probably just give us 12 hours, you know? <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. We're just going to couch it. <laughs> I saw a meme the other day that said, I know internet friends are amazing. Cause I know their, their childhood trauma, but I've never seen their legs. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's so true. That's so true. Photos, but I've never actually seen your legs. <laughs> I've only seen your butt in pictures. <laughs> now you gotta see it in person. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. We're too much, man. Um, I love it. Today is going to be a really interesting episode, butts and all. Um, we are talking about, uh, poly and non-monogamous relationships, specifically ethical non-monogamous. So I want to state that and open relationships, creating healthy boundaries around these different relationship types that are taboo, um, that there's a lot of shame around it. And, um, and also practicing healthy non-attachment and how do you do that in these types of relationships? Because it's not easy. And I think as a spiritual practice, like given that this podcast, the soulish podcast is all about the soul journey, our body, soul, spirit connection and navigating life. It's about the journey. And so I know that a lot of my viewers, just because of stats, right? Like just general population stats that a lot of my listeners probably are ethically non-monogamous and, or polyamorous right. and, and they express themselves and connect with people in that way, not the monogamous exclusive way where it's one person, you know, connecting right. with another person. Right. And so Yaz, you and I, we talked about this because we were just talking about how interesting it is to just date. And I'm single at the moment. And I say at the moment for a reason, um, <laughs> I'm single at the moment. And I've just like, it's been a whole new world. Cause I was in a five-year relationship. So I didn't go on Bumble in that five-year time. Right. Like yeah. I was, I was faithful. Um, yes. I, yeah, committed. I was committed and faithful in my relationship with one person. And 
And so I had no idea when I got back into the dating scene and got back on Bumble, I tried Hinge, um, all these terms, E and M, I had to Google that. I was like, what the fuck does E and M mean? <laughs> like, uh, like I didn't even want to like egg. No, <laughs> like I was trying to like figure it out. Like, uh, like, what does that mean? Like what, what does, yeah. Yeah, I'm blonde, man. I only go so far with, with that. So it's like, what, what does E and M mean? And then they would say Polly. And I'm like, polyp, like, <laughs> like you're warning me about a polyp somewhere. I should know, you know, I was like trying to figure it out. Like, what the hell does Polly mean? And I was like, is this another E and M? Like, I have no idea what Polly stands for, um, right. except for Polly D, but that's, that's it. So <laughs> Uh, <laughs> that was really weak. I know guys, I'm sorry. That was, that was a really weak drop. <laughs> that was, let's just not do that again. <laughs> um, so all this to say it was like a whole new world and totally. none of that was in Bumble, um, including unicorns, which took me a minute. Um, none of that, n- none was in Bumble, um, before five years ago, six years ago, when I was dating, before I met the guy that I was in a relationship for five years. So unicorns was a new concept for sure, where you see two people. And I always am like, cause I'm looking for a guy that doesn't have a picture of half a woman, you know, with his hand over her shoulder. Like, <laughs> So I see a couple like straight up, like some, like that's his sister. Right. And then at the bottom, they have like the little unicorn thing. And I'm like, why is there a unicorn in your bio? And then you read on and you, you know, we are looking for a unicorn, a third. And I'm like, this is a whole new world, you know, like, (laughs) like, isn't there an option? Why wouldn't they make an option so that I could say that I'm not, I don't want to be a unicorn. I mean, (laughs) I I'm great. (laughs) I'm fantastic, but I don't want to be a unicorn. I'm just looking for uno, uno sombrero. <laughs> I'm looking for one hunk, Jason Maboa type a, whatever you want to call it. I'm looking for somebody and it's not that, you know, I think women are gorgeous and beautiful, but I love, you know, I love men. I feel you. I love men. So, yeah. oh my gosh, my love. Yeah. It's, a, it's totally a whole new world a whole new world. And I'm still like learning about it, you know, being someone who has only known monogamous relationships and insanely committed, right? Like very much long-term stable, very like one person type of gal. Um, you know, it's always been difficult for me to try to understand how does one even do that? You know, how can you even be attracted to so many people and not even be attracted, but like actually have a relationship with many people at the same That's time? That's the thing. Like I could be attracted to a whole lot of people. Oh, yeah. Like totally, whole totally. lot, but to be in a relationship yeah, yeah. and to and be committed. Normal. Exactly. Exactly. And it's normal when you are in a monogamous relationship to like be attracted or find someone attractive. You know, of course you never go blind when you're in a relationship it's really like the temptations everywhere. It's really about the boundaries you set and the respect that you have for your partner and stuff like that. You know, like that's really what it comes down to, but you can be attracted to people. Like there's nothing wrong with you or wrong with that specifically. Um, but when it comes to like, you know, poly relationships and all that, it's, it, I've always like thought to myself, like, how does one do this? You know, it's fascinating to me, honestly, it's, I don't even like judge it. It's for me, it's more of like fascination of like, this is a whole new world and it's a world that I don't even know. 
you know, I'm not, I'm not a part of it. I don't understand it. And, you know, how does one not feel as someone who is pretty possessive when I'm in a relationship, how does one not feel that possession, that jealousy, you know, it's like, yeah. I've always wondered like oh, comparison, totally all of comparison. that. Yeah, for sure. And I think, I think, you know, in my, in my eyes, I think poly relationships are a beautiful space for shadow work. I think it, you know, just, just like a monogamous relationship, but like everything, you know, everything always gives us the opportunity to heal and to grow and do the work. But that specific situation is amazing for shadow work because it helps you look at your own jealousy. It helps you look at your own envy, your own comparison, your self-worth. And it allows you to also speak up and set boundaries if it's needed, you know, so in a, in a different way. But I find it to be really fascinating. And like, I, I think I had told you this, I have a client who is in, a, in an open relationship. And, um, you know, it's, it, I've learned so much with her of how this even works and how this, you know, how to even maneuver this and how to, how to be in touch with herself through this process and how to set the right boundaries and how to speak up. And I admire her, you know what I mean? Cause I'm like, and I've told her that I'm like, I don't, I really, I'll be honest, like I'll be vulnerable. I don't know how you do this. You know, it like really requires a lot of strength and um, just a, like a level of confidence to be yeah. able to even say yes to this and to agree and to walk into the situation. Yeah. I, I just want to start with like the definitions for yeah. those who don't know, because you and I grew up very similarly, like yeah. both in Christian, right. Christian yeah. backgrounds. Yeah. Yeah. And so. so we were taught from like a young age, like there's one person out there. And I think most people of our generation were, I totally. think the upcoming generation is going to have a different, totally. like thing told to them or taught to them based off of like more open, like you can like same sex, you can like, yeah. you know, different sex, you can like mul multiple people, you can like one person. Like, I, I think the upcoming generation is going to have a completely def different definition and um, culture around love and relationships and what that looks like and connections too. And totally. um, so I'm excited to see that happen in our, in our lifetime, but Polly Amory, we actually had to go through this. You and I, we were like, well, let's pull out the Google definition yeah. of polyamory and ethically non-monogamous. So, so yeah. to figure out what's the difference between the two, because yeah. I was kind of like, I don't understand. Aren't they the same thing? Because mm -hmm. I mean, technically you're ethical with both. I would think, um, because you're communicating yeah. what it is you are. Um, and that's why like, even on Bumble, I'm not judging. I just, I'm like, I don't even know what that means. Like, I just yeah, don't know the yeah, difference. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, polyamory is meaning like many loves, you know, right. poly, many uh, more love. And it's the practice of or desire for intimate relationships with more than one partner with the informed consent of all partners involved. Mm. And I thought that was interesting um, that it's, it's, consent with all people involved. The right. difference is with ethical non-monogamy or ENM, it's a practice of taking part in romantic relationships that are not completely exclusive between two people, but it's the difference mostly is that ethical non-monogamy is any arrangement where people have multiple consensual romantic, sexual, and or intimate connections. But the difference is that it's not that all people are involved in that. So it's basically you letting someone know I'm yeah. ethically non-monogamous, meaning I am sleeping with more than you, right. and I'm letting you know that, but you don't know 
all of who I'm sleeping with. There isn't a relationship between all the people that I'm sleeping with and me. Um, Whether that's, I think, because I know I've heard from friends or other people that polyamory has so many different types. It can be the type where it's like one woman, right? No, in this case, it would be me, one woman with multiple men, right? Cause I'm not by, that's just me personally, no judgment to anyone who is. Um, but so it would be men for me and all the men know who they are and they know that they all are sharing me between the three of them. Does that mean that they sleep together with each other? No, that can be one part one that I understand is that the guys don't sleep together. They're not bisexual, but they know that they're sharing me and that it's like three to one. Hey, (laughs) doesn't sound too bad, does it? (laughs) So the other version is that it's multiple people. Yeah. This is what I understand. We should get a poly expert next time. Um, but it's multiple people and, and all of them are sleeping together with each other, men, men, women, women, men, women, and, and they all know we're together sleeping with each other all the time. Right. Right. Like that's, that's our, yeah. You know, um, can I say fuck bubble? Would that be totally not okay? (laughs) If we could just laugh at it. I mean, Hey, (laughs) (laughs) I say that with love though. You know, I do. And if you see my face, I just, but you know, it's like, it's us and only us. So it's like a bubble, but we're all fucking each other. Can we say that? (laughs) Guys, I'm just trying to get you to laugh. Okay. So, so, but there's, I, that's what I understand, but I'm not poly. So, you know, maybe I'll find somebody who is, and we can chat, but that's what I understand is that it's two different types of consent really, but, but both are consensual and all parties involved are consenting and know about it. Whereas ethically non-monogamous is different. Whereas not all parties know, they just know this person is sleeping with multiple people. And that's all I know. Yes. Yes. It's so, and it's crazy because when people get into these situations, this is why communication is key. Yeah. Because there's so many different things that are happening here, you know, and there's so many different options, def- different definitions, and you really have to know yourself. You really have to understand why the intention of why you're even getting into this in the first place and what your, what your intention is from that specific relationship yeah. that's with those people that you're, yes. that you're in a relationship in, you know? Um, so it, it really, like, it really requires you to understand yourself more and yeah. to communicate openly when you do get into these things, like you need to yes. level up your communication because that's a lot. Yep. That's definitely a lot. Yep. You know, what's hard with me with this is that it's different when you're sleeping with, um, having a relationship with intimate connection with somebody who is conscious versus unconscious, right? Someone who is spiritual and intentional and purposeful with their connections versus not. And where I can see this being really difficult to navigate is the fact that now that there's not just one person you're connecting with, having a relationship with or relations with, you're doing this with multiple people for all people involved to be conscious, spiritually inclined, intentional, purposeful beings that's, that's where it gets really difficult because 
totally. You're not just fucking, right? You're not just having a sexual relationship with somebody. This totally. is like with polyamory specifically, it's a relationship. It's not yeah. just sex. It's relationship. Yeah, Exactly. Yeah. And, and ethical non-monogamy, they would say it's not a hookup either, but it's a connection, but it's not a committed relationship. Yes. So that's the difference, but that's where I get hung up on. It really (laughs) matters who you're agreeing to be with. Even if you're coming into like, let's say there's three and you're coming in as a fourth. Well, you got to know that these people are like where you're at, because that could really, hinder you in your journey. I mean, everything works out for our good and benefit, right? But it could present itself as a huge challenge because sexual creative energy is the most powerful energy. So that's where for me, the dang, how do you navigate? Like, this is really difficult. It's hard just with one person, (laughs) you know, now having multiple sexually with the obviously emotionally do, but like on a sexual energetic level, you, when you sleep with someone, you are creating a bond. And, you know, You're as sharing a woman, energy. Yeah. And as a woman, you, you do pick up on the man's karma for sure. You know, like you pick up on 50% of the man's karma. So Ooh, can you talk about that more? Oh my God. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I just, I, I find this to be interesting because as a woman, I feel like we are insanely intuitive and we are the creators of life, right? Like we have so much power, right. And we are so like just incredible beings. Women are so incredible. Yep. Um, and sexually we are, we do have a very powerful force within, right? Like we do, we are the gatekeepers of sex. Hello. <laughs> it's very true. We are, when you think about it, we are the gatekeepers of sex. Cause we're the ones that like give the green light of yes or no. I do want to have sex with this man. You know, mm-hmm. like they're the man waits for the woman to be like, yes or no. Like, is she giving me the green light? Does she want me to touch her? Does she want me to have sex with her? Does she want me to kiss her? So the woman's the one that's giving that, right? That little like pull of like, okay, I'm ready. I, I want that. Right. So I, I feel that as a woman, because we have so much power and we are so intuitive and we are so empathic that we pick up on everything, naturally, we're going to pick up on the man. You know, we're going to pick up his emotions, his feelings. We already do on an emotional level. <laughs> we, do, we do carry most of the emotional load when we're in a relationship, right? Like yeah. most of the time, I'm not going to say every woman, but most of the time women are the ones that are, you know, feeling what the man feels. If we're very telepathic, if we're very connected to them. We were very nurturing naturally, right? So yeah. we're going to feel what they feel. We're going to feel if they're not saying something, we know something's up. If they're playing us, we know they're playing us. You know what I mean? Like we know when they're lying to us, like all these things. I know all the ladies can relate yep. to, to, to this in, in their life and their relationships. So, um, so sexually, if you can, if we do that on an emotional level and on a physical level, we pick up people's emotions and, and we pick up like people's moods and vibes and stuff like that. Can you imagine on an energetic level, how much we pick up on when we're yeah. having some, you know, so a lot, totally. that's why sex yeah. is very complicated for so many women, because yeah. we're not just in our head, then we're in our energy yeah. body, then we're in our physical body and totally. trying to enjoy totally. the process. Oh my God. We pick up on everything. We why do on- I feel what I feel? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which, which explains why do we feel so drained when we're having sex with a man that doesn't serve us? So you know, true. That, like, or we either feel very like excited and creative when we do like sleep with a man who gives us that life, who helps you us feel very empowered. Life. Yeah, exactly. Yes. So, and the same, you know, of course, same goes for men, but in this specific situation, it's really for women that we're the ones that really pick up on all of it. And we need to, you know, be careful with that, you know? So that's why, like you said before, coming full circle, 
the ability for us to set that boundary when we, you know, come across people that, you know, we're having sex with a lot of different people if we're poly, then yeah, we need to be careful and we need to know, especially if we're more spiritually conscious, then we need to be more careful and we need to understand what we're getting ourselves into before, you know, doing it. Like just know that there are consequences to certain things and that, you know, like this is, this is a thing. This is real. Like energy transfer of energy is very real, especially with sex. Yep. Cause whether you're spiritually minded, like you yeah. consider yourself a spiritual person or not, it doesn't matter. You are, yeah. you know, yeah. so yeah, it's going to totally matter. It's going to impact you. It's going to change things and dynamics and not. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So like everything else, just being spiritual is a label. Like we just place that our egos just want to be placed in that box, but right. we all get affected by it. We're all soul, you know, souls living a human experience. So we're all right. going to feel that on some level. Yeah. I think it's a really interesting journey to, to consider, uh, just coming from like a monogamous yeah. mindset and culture and society that I was raised in. It's really interesting thinking about polyamory and ethically non-monogamous as being the future. Like this is technically where we're headed. I mean, law of one talks about it. Raw talks about it as far as us becoming one consciousness at some point us becoming one. And so that, that means that it's multiple people connecting. Um, and so I think it's actually a beautiful expression. I know I said fuck bubble, but I, I think it actually is a really beautiful expression of oneness and of the fact that this is where we're actually headed is, is one big collective consciousness and connection and intimate relationships and connections. And, and so it's actually really exciting to see this expressing itself and coming outside of that shame and hiddenness where a lot of people have hidden this nature that they, they felt so um, organically inclined to having multiple relationships at once um, or, or connections Um, and, and it being shamed right. And taboo and not okay. And you're known as that guy or that girl when you're coming from a pure hearted place of you're not wanting to hurt anybody. You're not wanting to, you know, to make anyone feel used or, you know, just at your expense, but you're actually just feeling truly organically inclined to having multiple relationships and connections. And I think when you come from that pure place of like, I just really feel like this is who I am. Same as trans, anybody from LGBTQI, right? Um, that's, you feel like this is your authentic expression of you. This is your truth. And right. so I, I feel like that's very beautiful. And this is coming from a Christian pastor's kid, you know? Yeah. I think that's actually very beautiful. Um, yeah. So in healing that shame, how do we do that, Yaz? What are some ways that you've worked with your clients through any kind of maybe sexual shame? But if you have any examples of this in regards to ethically non-monogamous or poly uh, people that have right. those types of relationships, what? How do you? How do you come out from under that shame and live your most authentic life that yeah, way? When it comes to like sexual shame and like all of that and like all that taboo stuff like I think we all on some level carry that shame oh totally right women really very much and I we talked about that the other day of like you know generations and generations of us carrying the shame of like enjoying sex being sexual beings wanting to be sexual you know what I mean and like being in tune with our bodies and our sensuality 
So, you know, one of the things I love to do with like all my clients, no matter what, you know, what kind they are, if they're bi, if they're, if they're, you know, uh, straight, whatever, whatever the case is, if they're in open relationships, monogamous, I always like to um, understand their view on sex, right? Like that's the first thing is like, I want to know how did you grow up? Did you grow up in a very religious household that mm-hmm. maybe, you know, which was, that was the case for me where sex was very like, it's sinful if you're, you know, not having okay. a marriage. Yeah, exactly. Like not okay. Um, and that caused me a lot of shame when I had sex for the first time, you know? So, and I cried. Yeah. I remember I was like, so like, oh my God, I did something horrible. It, it almost yeah. felt like I killed someone, you know, like that's what it felt like. Yeah. Um, and I did, I killed a part of myself. You know what I mean? Like, like a part of myself died away when I did that, because I felt like this is kind of a transformation of some sort. Like I'm finally coming. So into sad. The it is right. <clears throat> it's very sad that we get like shamed for wanting to explore ourselves and wanting to experience pleasure and so what I do is I like to get down to the bottom of like what what did you see sex as growing up and what were some of the examples that played out in your household with sex right and um on top of that what I and then after that what I love to do is move into practices somatic therapy you know getting in tune with the body getting more comfortable with feeling things in your body and not judging that not shaming yourself for feeling pleasure, for feeling turned on, for feeling sexual, you know, like that's okay to feel this. It's okay to feel horny. It's okay to feel turned on at times that you're like, I don't know why I feel that way. I just do, (laughs) you know, or I'm attracted to that guy. Oh my God. Like I'm feeling that desire for someone else. There's nothing wrong with that. That desire gives us life, you know? And like, I've noticed that in my own life. Like when I feel that desire for someone in my relationships or whatever with, for anyone, I feel a sense of life. Like I feel myself come alive because that desire is that sexual energy that we use in every other area of our life, right? So, um, you know, I love to get down to that and I love to have my clients like feel more in tune with their body. You know, um, if, if, if it's a woman and she loves dancing, I, I, I inspire her and encourage her to dance and like feel the movement in her body, be more in tune with her sensuality, you know, like give herself self-love, self-care, extra TLC you know, when she needs it, like, it's really about getting in tune with the feminine and understanding, you know, your, the feminine side, because no matter your gender, we all have a feminine side, right? So that doesn't matter that that's not about like gender or status. It's more about, about about, like getting in tune with that side of yourself and not judging it, accepting it, loving it, you know, and like really fully embracing that. And when we do that, we can really like break these glass ceilings that we've, we've placed on ourselves for so long. And we set our ancestors free also, which is something you said the other day when we were talking, like how powerful it is to be able to do that. I think that's like, that's, you're not only helping yourself, you're helping everyone in your lineage and the collective as a whole. Yeah. Especially specifically for women, because we've been objects, we've been traded, we've been bought, we've been sold. Um, We have never in the history of women until this past generation, even our parents' generation really barely stepped into freedom of choice, um, just barely. And so it's like our generation and the generations after us get full privileges to explore themselves within themselves with other relationships in whatever kind of relationships they feel, um, you know, inclined to, or attracted to. And so 
It's like, let's live for our ancestors who couldn't, who, you know, let's, let's do this for them as much as for us. They, they suffered where we don't have to suffer. Um, and they experience things that we will never have to experience. And so as women specifically, it's like, this is our season. This is our time. We get to be the forerunners in personal expression and, and connecting in a way that is most authentic to us and how we feel. And that is really awesome. Yeah, totally. Connecting back to that power that we know we have, you know, and that's, that's really what ancestral healing is about. It's about setting yourself free. You know, it's not about anything else or putting the blame on anyone or like really doing it for anyone else. You do it for yourself. And then through that, you set everyone else free. You help the collective, you raise the vibration of this planet, you know, like that's really what that's about. And if we can all do that, like the, like the level of change that we can create here is incredible. It's mind blowing, you know? And it's like, that's, that's really what it's about. And I'm excited because I know that the future does look bright, you know, definitely the future looks bright. Like we are heading in a really great direction, but it's really about doing the inner work, no matter what relationship you're in, no matter what status you're in, but like, it's about going inward, releasing that shame, the taboo. And being able to, you know, raise your freak flag and be like, this is me, this is who I am, you know, like, and this is how I do things. And I'm okay with that. Whether or not people like it, people don't have to like it, but I like it and I enjoy it. And this works for me. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm going to find people that understand that and that it works for them as well. Yeah. So, yeah. I love that. So releasing shame is really just, uh, is really just healing any part of you that is separate, I think. Right. So it's, it's anyone that has told you anything that has contradicted your truth and, and what you feel is in alignment with your person, your purpose, your intention, who you are. And that's really how you heal shame is you no longer see that part of you as separate. Mm -hmm. I know so many people live that way where they're like, my freak side is like my, you know, shame side. It's separate from me and almost living like a double life. I know I experienced that with my first boyfriend at 23. He lived a completely separate life. Uh, one person was this freak flag. The other person was holier than thou played Jesus on the Easter, you know, Sunday play. So like there was two different people. And then when I was in a relationship, it was like, two of them had to collide. Cause I'm that person. I want to know everything. I want to be connected wholly and completely Earth, entirely. Yeah. So I just, I go deep, like I don't stay surface. So like oh, yeah. oh, the yeah. world started to collide. And then I realized, oh, two different people. And at the time, yeah, at the time I'm a virgin, I'm a Christian pastor's daughter that is in youth ministry and worship ministry. And I'm, I'm in that world. So that was different from what I was aligned with then. And, Mm -hmm. and so not that it, it aligns with me now, but it was, that's why things broke off was I just, that's just not in alignment with me. Um, and he was not ethically non-monogamous. He was just non-monogamous, you know? (laughs) So there was also a difference with that of like that, that wasn't the display of ethically non-monogamous. Cause if he had told me, then I would have been able to make a choice. And I think that's the best part about Polly and E&M is that on both accounts, you're communicating. And so there's no chance for shame. There's no chance for taking advantage of somebody um, and I've had this done in, in personal 
one-on-one connections where one thing is said, but then as soon as you connect, um, whether sexually or intimately, and then they flip on you and they change the story and the narrative. And now it's different. Now what they want is different from what you want after they got what they got. And so I think this can happen in monogamous. This can happen poly, you know, it can happen anywhere. So it's about connecting with people that are authentic, are intentional, are purposeful, are, you know, you have to really vet somebody. Yeah. 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 You have to vet somebody and you have to know what you want. And I think too, the other half of this is attracting the right partner or partners. And so how do you do that? What, what do you have Yaz as some ways to position yourself so that you're attracting the right partner or partners in your life? Yeah. I think it really does come down to like knowing your values knowing what it is that you want out of, out of a specific relationship or what you want out of this bond or this like connection with the person that you're speaking to. Um, and, you know, again, we, we change, we shift as time goes on. So we might want something at one point and then later on we're like, wait, this actually doesn't work for me anymore. Or I've shifted, I've transformed, I've gone through all the big changes. Like this isn't, this isn't who I am anymore. I want to try something different and that's okay. But in the present moment for the time being, what is it that you want? you know, and, and then you'll, you'll, when you get to that point of transformation and change, you'll figure that out when, when it's there. But like right now, what is it that you need out of a partnership? What, what, you know, what, what turns you on sexually? What do you like with in, in the relationship with someone in terms of emotions? Do you need emotional connection? Do you need intellectual connection? Um, you know, like asking yourself these questions before jumping in with someone is so important. And like you said, you have to vet someone. You really have to sit back and observe. Like it really is a game. Like I see dating now. I, I, I didn't see this years ago because I would, I would be the one to run into relationships. Like I was so obsessive and so like short on my supply of love, right? Of self-love that I wanted someone to fill that for me. And I would run into things and then I would be like, this actually doesn't work for me. Why did I do this? You know, or it was for lust or it was sexual. It was like a very like high chemistry, sexual relationship. And then it would just kind of fall away because anything that starts quickly ends just as quickly. Right. So we need to learn how to observe and how to not run into things impulsively, but just observe. And it's a, it's a game of chess, you know, yeah. like that dance dating is really a game of chess. Seduction is a game of chess. You know, it's like this back and forth of like learning the person knowing who they are, how they show up, what they want and all that stuff. And then knowing yourself as well and knowing what you can bring, what value you bring to the table. So for me, it's number one is just sitting with yourself. And if that means being alone for a while, do it. You know, if that means being single for a while, do it, but just learn about yourself. Know what is it that, what is it that makes me happy? What is it that I need in my life? What gives me value when it comes to a partnership? Yeah, I think it's, I think it's totally okay to visualize your future and to visualize your present, to acknowledge where you are right now, but to know where you want to go and what you want to experience and want to be, how you want to live in the future. Cause I'm so future oriented that sometimes I'm not okay with the fact that I'm not there yet, but at the same time, I'm not presently like engaged with where I'm at emotionally, mentally, spiritually, physically. And then I'm, I'm not willing to experience anything where I'm at, which could really actually benefit me in my journey um, of the future. And so I think it's, I love what you just said, because 
it's being with who you are right now, what you want right now and being connected with that and knowing that this may not be always, but this may be just right now in my journey. And I'm okay with that. Like, yes, yes. I think because you and I, especially in anyone who relates on our level that whether it was religious or non-religious, that you grew up with marriage as the end goal, you know, it's so hard to acknowledge the journey of where you are and, and where you're not and to be okay with that. Exactly. Yeah. And marriage might not be the end goal for you. You know what I mean? It's like, that might be for some people. It depends on your path, depends Mm -hmm. on your journey, what you're here to do. But for some people, it's like, that's okay. It doesn't have to be, but you can date with intention. I think that's really what it comes down to. Yes. And if this person happens to be the one that you end up with for the rest of your life, amazing. And if not, then that's okay. It, that was a spiritual practice for you to learn about yourself. And that person bridges you to the next, you know, like, or the next people that you end up dating, whatever the case, but yep. it really is about that. You know, that's, that's really powerful because you're right. I think we had this vision, this image of marriage is the end goal. And that messes up a lot, you know, it messes up a lot because it like kind of pushes you off your path Mm -hmm. because it's like, this is the one way to do it. And if I don't do it this way, then I'm a weirdo. I'm an outcast. Something's wrong with me. You know, if I'm unconventional and we, we talked about that, we talked about marriage the other day and how like, it just, you know, the idea of marriage to me is commitment. That's what marriage is. It's not the paper. It's not the government getting involved. <laughs> Even the, the sirens are agreeing. <laughs> New York. <laughs> New York towns. Um, it's not about the ring. It's not about the dress, you know? Right. That's not what marriage is about. Marriage is just commitment to someone. It's just covenant to work with someone. Yeah. yeah. That's what it's about. That's yeah. it. And it doesn't have to look like any specific way. But we have right. this image of like marriage looks like this and this and this and this because our parents did it this way, our grandparents did it this way, everyone else did it this way. It's like, hey, why don't we do it differently? <laughs> and if that's something you want to do differently, then go for it. Carve a new path, you know? Yeah. And it may be that marriage is what you want and that is the the end goal or what you see right. in your future. Right. But knowing that you're not there yet, you haven't yeah. met your person yet and being okay with the journey of finding that person and being okay with the multiple relationships that you're going to have in that journey. Yeah. yeah. Right. And what right. that looks like. So right. commitment, like, cause I think of marriage as a little bit more of an upgrade than a commitment. I think of it as covenant mm-hmm. where you're literally like, like blood of my blood, bone of my bone yeah. covenant. Um, yeah. yes. It's like a little bit more of, yes. you know, but I, But I think because we've been in transition as a collective, that that's why we've seen like the divorce rate go up and up and up, even amongst, dare I say, the Christian community. So huge. I think it's because we're transitioning in what we, what we see as commitment versus covenant. And I think many people are learning that, oh, this wasn't meant for me. Like I was, I was actually not you know, meant for this type of relationship yet, maybe in their journey. And because they only saw that and they were just driving into that, you know, end goal and not being a part of their own journey of discovery of what do I want? Who am I? Like, cause that really is like the main thing is who am I? Therefore, who do I need and want in my life? And yeah, I think that's huge. So yeah, I think that, that. yeah, it's just, it's a journey. And so I, I, I believe that that's partly why we've seen that skyrocket. It's not because people have a crappy, you know, commitment, 
level, it's because we're transitioning as a collective in our idea of what is commitment and what is covenant. What is the difference between the two? And what am I ready for? Because I know at 23, I was like, I'm ready to get married and have babies. Yes. Like babies. I want the the ring. I want it all. Yeah. Everything. And I, my first boyfriend, same guy I talked about earlier. Woo. Like only him. Like blinders. Yeah. I was like only you. And that was a lot of pressure for him. Poor dude. Um, (laughs) but (laughs) But I think that it's like, I'm 34, I'm 34 now I'm single. I married. And so how do I feel about that? I feel like a failure. I feel like I fucked up, especially in blueprint. Yes. I should have been married by now. I should have had kids by now because that's the thing that everybody does. That's, that's how society works. Yes. So and that's what my parents did. And that's what my family did growing up, you know? So that was my, my blueprint. That's what I saw. So of yes. course you're going to naturally like blame yourself, shame yourself. If you're not in that place by the time you're 35, you know, 34, 35, you're like, Hey, I should have been married by now. What's wrong with me? You know, like that's what's the wrong thing. with me being yeah. the key words. Yes. <laughs> that's, that's exactly. That's the, that's the narrative that keeps playing yes. out the story. Yeah. The, the thought of like, there has to be something wrong with me if I haven't been able to get someone and marry someone and commit to someone. Yeah. Or no one will commit to me, which was my five-year relationship. Like how many times do I have to ask you and have the conversation around? So do you think we're ready for marriage? Are you ready for marriage? I'm ready for marriage. When do you think we're going to get married? (laughs) And that was that conversation multiple times. And, you know, (laughs) first, I think two or three years, I think after three years, I stopped asking. Um, but that's where I think it's really difficult and where we can also then kind of say, fuck it. Right. And just kind of go ENM or poly because it hasn't happened. Like what we felt aligned with for our future or what we really want isn't happening. So you just say, I'm going to stop trying. And yeah. I think that's not a healthy perspective or going to be a helpful journey, supportive journey for us either if we do that. So it's really about tuning in right to who you are, what is aligned with you? What do you see for your future? What do you see for your purpose? What does that look like? What does future look like for you? What, what sings to you? What pulls you through, you know, that's my love and being on yourself. Yes. That's a big one because we could know, we could very well know what we need, what we want, but we don't want to face that because we know that it's going to come with rejection. We know that it might come with judgment. We know that it might come with like losing people with pain, with like, you know, losing parts of yourself, grief, you know, things that we don't necessarily want to feel, but that's also part of life is like knowing the path of spirituality is the path of loss, you know? And it's like, that's really what spirituality is about at the end of the day. It's, it's we, we come back more to ourselves and we let go of things that aren't really us, you know, that we've been conditioned to think are us and we're, it's not, this is not my thought. This is not my belief. This is not what I want for my life. This is not how I see relationships, you know? So that's really what it comes down to. And like that honesty that you have with yourself and taking stock of where you are, where you want to be, where you want to go is it's so healing. And it's so important because that way you feel this confidence. Like you said before, what pulls you? What makes your heart sing? What makes your soul go on fire? You know what I mean? What is it that you want out of life? 
and going for it, you know, like actually taking the action. Cause again, you what can do you dream of do it. Yes. Yeah. What do you exactly. long for? What does your heart long for? And you know, we all know, we all know, you know what I yeah. mean? Some of us are obviously a little bit more in tune than others and more like attuned to feeling our emotions and stuff like that. But we all know there is, we, we come equipped with that, you know, like mm-hmm. this is our birthright to be able to tap into our intuition. And that's the gift that we have as human beings on this planet is we all know what we want and what we need. We just don't want to face, you know, taking that, re- like, you know, the, that, that razor edge path is what I, what I like to call it. You know, sometimes we don't want to take that path because it's a more challenging path, <laughs> but it's more liberating at the same yes. time. So, yeah. you know, it's really about your, what is it that you want? Your options. Why do I feel the way I feel? Why yeah. do I long the way I long? Why yeah. is that a dream of mine? Is that conditioning? Is that programming? Uh, is that yeah. because I was told that since I was like two, that like yeah. God has a special man for you, uh-huh. you know? Um, yep. Is that I've- why I'm monogamous? Like, or am I monogamous because it is authentic to me? And, and I think that's okay to not know and to go on the discovery of that. I think that's totally okay. And that, that is your fucking right, you know, (laughs) to go on a discovery process and to not know and to be okay with that, Yeah, you know, in the process of connecting with people, it's just a matter of how are you being open with them and how are you creating healthy boundaries right around that so that you're protecting all people involved, including yourself as you're discovering. I don't think that we need to isolate ourselves, seclude ourselves when we're in a process of self-discovery. However, however, it's all about the communication, openness, and honesty in which we do that especially yeah. when you're involving someone else in your process of self-discovery. A hundred percent and integrity also like keeping integrity. that integrity as much as possible. You know, you want to yeah. make sure that you said it so beautifully. You want to make sure that you are communicating, that you're not just being selfish about it, that you're also having the other person in mind and, or the other people in mind and like just communicating openly and, and wholeheartedly, you know, that's what it comes down to. And again, being honest with yourself, being honest with that person or those people um, and seeing where it goes from there. But that discovery, that exploration is really beautiful. Yeah. You know, think about it. That mystery that life has for us is very exciting. If you think about it from that perspective, you know, yeah. it, bring, like, it brings so much to you and so many synchronicities that you're like, how the hell did this happen? You know, and then one day something happens and it's just like, whoa, this is crazy. This is exactly what I wanted. This is what I needed. And I didn't know that I wanted a certain thing, but it brought me, that situation brought me to this place. Yeah. And now it feels, it feels like I've liberated a part of myself. It feels like I've healed a part of my karma. You know, I've I've let go of something. Yep. I, I think in our conversations off, off record, where we've talked about our sexual discovery, even of like, I'm a sexual creative being. And I'm sovereign and I'm divine and discovering that, like, for me, that process of discovery was kind of like, <laughs> like trying to learn how to shift for the first time. <laughs> it was like, so that's the clutch <laughs> and that's the gas and that's the stop. And then yeah. you got to move this thing <laughs> at exactly. the same time as you're trying to navigate for me, because there was a lot of shame wrapped up in it as well. So it was navigating that and trying to put that to the side and go, I'm not, I don't align with that. And I want to discover who I am 
Mm. like as this person and I'm fucking 28 years old, you know, like trying to navigate this and figure out what's right. What feels right. What, how does this work? You know, I don't even know how this works. And, and so I, I appreciated every partner that I've had because whether it was a ended up being, you know, lifelong or long-term or short-term, or it was one of those like, yeah, you know, I'm just like here to do it. Um, moments for me, they all taught me something about myself. Like at every moment I learned something more about who I am as a person, how I love and, and how I give of myself and receive love. And I think those are keys to this, whether it's monogamous, poly, ENM, it's so important that we are connected and tuned in with ourselves, that we are okay with our self-discovery process, but we're open and honest with it. And we we basically learn how we connect, how we receive, how we give, because for me, I learned very quickly, very quickly that I can't do casual. I can't. Yeah, me neither. (laughs) Doesn't work for me. I I can't do a disconnected, like we're friends with benefits, fuck buddy situation. I can't do it. Every time I try, it ends up no e bueno, (laughs) like no bueno. It's not good. It doesn't feel good, but energetically, spiritually, it doesn't feel good. I actually am disempowered instead of empowered, but I've listened to women and men who have, you know, casual sexual encounters and relationships and connections. And they feel like so freaking empowered and like they, they're confident, they know themselves and it works for them. It just doesn't work for me. And so I realized like whether, whether I end up ever being poly or ENM, I I don't think ENM would ever work for me, but if I was poly, like in, in a committed relationship, whether with one person or multiple people, I have to have that deep connection. Like I know that much. I know that I can't do it on a surface level just to fuck. I can't do that. It doesn't work for me. I'm the same way. It doesn't work for me. And that's, that's something I've learned. You know, I think it's so funny because I've only had one, one night stand ever. (laughs) And I was 19 or yeah, I was like 19 or 20. And this was before, you know, dating my ex. And, um, it was after I broke up with my first boyfriend, of course. So I was like in that place of like yeah. sadness and fulfillment and like, oh my God, this is so painful. Cause I, you know, I got cheated on and stuff. So not only did we break up, but it was a betrayal, very deep betrayal with, with my friend at the time, you know? So uh. that happened. So I was like, oh, that really like stabbed the heart. Cause you know, it was lose the pain of losing the person, but also the pain of, I got cheated on. So after that, you know, I, I, I tried, I explored, you know, and I was like, let me just, I'm going to just do this. You know, (laughs) I just felt it. I was like, I need to do this. I need to try this. And I did. And I was like, this feels so unlike me. This just isn't me, you know? And like, I, I judged myself harshly, of course, after that, I was like, what, why did I do that? Like, what's wrong with me? What did I think was going to come out of that? You know, I don't feel any better. I feel worthless. I feel like just used and abused and all that, you know, like, I don't even want to do this, but if I hadn't done that, I wouldn't know. Like at this point, I wouldn't, I wouldn't know that. You yeah. Know? So that's the, the whole idea of releasing that shame, you yeah. know, of like the things we've done sexually, the, the things we've done in relationship, whatever, whatever, whatever trauma, whatever thing you experienced, don't hold that against you because you needed that to learn something, you know, and your like, process. exactly. It's a process. It's your story too. And there's nothing more beautiful than you having your specific story where you can help other people through that. 
and inspire other people through your story. You know, like that's what helps other people get in tune with their own power is your story and yep. what you've been through. Yeah. So mm-hmm. true. So true. And yeah. I think that there are situations that we don't necessarily have to go through in order to know or to learn. Okay. Uh, I think that there is wisdom in looking long yeah. and having discernment in who is this before me. It's not what they're saying. It's not how they're showing themselves, totally. but what does this energetically feel and discerning that for yourself and knowing yeah. whether or not like in my last encounter, I disregarded my intuition and my instinct. And that's why it hurt. It wasn't because of what we did or what we didn't do. It was because I disregarded my intuition and my instinct. Now I was trying to be brave and just put myself out there, but it ended up backfiring because in that putting myself out there, I didn't honor what I was feeling. I dismissed it. And And I was like, yeah. And I felt that and that's what hurts. So I think a lot of times it's not what we're doing necessarily with people or are the choices necessarily that we're making. It's that we're not tuning in. We're dismissing our instinct, our intuition. And Absolutely. that's why it hurts because we disregarded ourselves. We dishonored ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. To say that absolutely, we dishonored ourselves in dismissing our intuition, our inner guidance system. And that's why it hurt. So like, I think with your situation, it may not have been what you, that you didn't need that or that that was wrong or, you know, not the right way to go about it. It was that maybe with that person that you had a one night stand with, you disregarded your intuition and your instinct, your inner guidance system maybe just waiting, just holding and just waiting till it felt aligned and felt good having a one night stand with somebody that was going to empower you you heal. Because I believe this, a pastor told me this a long time ago that however you were hurt, you need to go through that again to be healed. So like, if you were hurt by a man, cheated on by a man, you need to connect with a man for the man to heal you. So it's like you get healed by the same thing that hurt. So whether that's a woman or that's a man, I think that's so like, I think they were at the time they were talking about being hurt by a pastor. You need to be healed by a pastor. Like someone who's not a pastor is not going to heal that wound of someone being your spiritual father leader, you know, and hurting you, betraying you, you need to be healed by that same thing. And that's what, how that truly heals you. So I believe that, you know, wholeheartedly. Wow. That's powerful. That's powerful. It's the first time I've heard that. That's really, that's a really good point. And I've seen that a lot in my work. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen that a lot. Yeah. That it's like that person ends up needing or gets presented with the opportunity again and again and again to heal that wound. Like if it was a mother wound or sister wound, or if we're talking in relationships, it was a wound with a woman wound with a man. And that's, that's what ends up presenting itself over and over and over again so that they're healed from it so that they, but in a healthy way, not saying that if you were abused by a guy, you have to get re-abused by a guy, you know, or vice versa, a woman, you get verbally abused by a woman that you're in a relationship with and you have to get abused again in order to be healed. No, 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 no. It's that, that a healthy version of that. That energetic signature almost it's that yes that you need yeah Yeah. so the healthy whole man that you needed is going to present itself to you in order to help you heal same for me since i'm uh you know 
heterosexual, straight. So right. for me, any area where I've been wounded by a man, I need to be healed by a man. Yeah. A woman can't do it for me, unfortunately. Totally. So. Totally. That's powerful. My love. Wow. That's so good. I love that. I'm going to be processing that all day because <laughs> I love that. That's so good. Yeah. And that's, you know, I mean, love is such a, such a spiritual practice. It's such a powerful practice, you know, like getting to know yourself through the relationships that you have in life and, you know, not just romantic, but, you know, speaking specifically about romantic, it, it really like, it transforms you it really transforms you like, like relationships transform you next level transformation. If you're open to receiving the medicine, that's the ultimate catalyst. Really? It is. It really is like, and it's like, again, be open to receiving the medicine that each relationship has for you and take that to the next and take that to on your journey of like collecting that, you know, and saying like, you know, these, these wounds, these scars that I have are part of my story, but they don't, they don't define me you know, it's just part of my story. That's all it is. It's part of this journey that I have here on earth and how I can share my story with, with the people in my life um, and how I can show up and inspire them. Now with your client or clients that are E&M poly, how do they set healthy boundaries? Cause I know for, even if you're straight, like that's, um, right. or monogamous, that's, that's how that's, that's how you navigate. And it's maybe one of the hardest things to navigate. <laughs> right. And I can only imagine with poly E&M relationships, it's even more difficult. How, how has your client navigated that or how have you kind of helped with that guidance? Yeah. So with my client, she, um, and in the beginning she was struggling because she feels like she's not really great in the communication area. So for her, it was really more about how to communicate certain things and how to, you know, tell her partner certain things about what she wanted and what she was looking for in terms of like her open relationship. Um, so we really had to learn how to like be okay with communicating that. And a lot of, and we, we got down to the bottom of why she was struggling with that. A lot of it was shame. She was just feeling the yeah. shame of communicating it. So yeah. I was like, it's not that you're bad at communicating. Let's not get that twisted. It's that you feel shame about communicating about what you want <laughs> in an open relationship. Mm -hmm. So once we got to the bottom of that, that completely like opened up for her. And she just, you know, the next session we, she was like, so happy. She's like, yeah, we talked. And like, I was able to release like a lot. And I was able to like, let my partner know that this is what I want. Um, and that he was actually okay with trying it with me because they were, they were just, you know, monogamous. Right. And it just, it ended up that she wanted to try different things. And he was like, okay, let's do it. And she thought he was going to respond negatively. She thought he was going to break up with her. She thought he was going to be like, no, I don't want this. But he actually was like, sure, let's try it out and see if we see if we like it. And if not, then we'll take it from there. So I was wow. like, amazing. That's not always the case, you know? So you found someone that actually feels okay with that, then amazing, you know, ride with that and take that to the next level and see what happens, you know? Like that's all we can really do. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, she she understood that it was really the shame that was holding her back from setting the boundaries and like, sharing what was on her heart about that and communicating with her partner. So I always tell people, anyone, any client, like what's at the root of the fear of communicating? You know, what is it that you're fearing the most? Why, why don't you want to face that? Why don't you want to communicate a certain thing? There's rejection. Usually a fear. <laughs> exactly. Rejection. That's usually the fear. Being That's the number one. <laughs> yes. It's rejection. Yep. Exactly. It's Judged. The fear, like abandonment. Yeah 
you know what I mean? Like that's another wound that comes up a lot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So almost a lot of my clients have that wound, you know, of abandonment, almost all of them, (laughs) you know, like we all have a, a certain wound that, you know, really gets to us. And it's really, yeah, it really comes down to like understanding, doing the shadow work, right? Like of why that certain wound exists. And then from there, everything actually gets easier believe it or not, like the communication, the boundaries actually get a lot easier when you learn to let go of that shadow, when you learn to integrate that shadow or heal it or heal the wound that's holding you back. Wow. So good, Yaz. So Yaz, to wrap up, you are a relationship coach and you do one-on-one sessions with people. So any of my listeners that are struggling with anything that has been mentioned, anything relationship oriented or even self-love oriented, you're amazing person to work with, um, because you help people integrate and help people to actually embody their most authentic true self, um, and to, to learn to love themselves in a way that is whole and fulfilling, um, and especially in relationships. So I love that. And then you also have an amazing podcast called humanity feels, which I've been a guest on. Um, and that podcast has it covers like a wide variety of topics, but it's really about just the collective yeah. and the heartbeat of the collective and everything that's going on in the collective space. Yes. Oh, I love that you said that, my love. Like that's literally what, <laughs> what humanity feels embodies. And I'm just, yes, that is my baby. And, you know, I'm so excited because I'm going to have you back on so many times <laughs> as always. Um, but, you know, we, yeah, I cover a lot of different things from relationships to, you know, wacky <laughs> theories <laughs> and, you know, like just very out of the box things that people normally don't really talk about, like maybe things that you don't hear in the mainstream. Right. So that's a lot of what humanity feels is and mental health stuff, you know, like just being and embodying your, um, your healthiest version of yourself and most powerful version. So that's what I'm really all about. Um, and my one-on-one sessions, I, I mean, you, you said it so perfectly. Like I, I love supporting people on their journey to becoming whole, um, and to integrating their shadow, integrating and accepting who they are so they can show up in their relationships as, you know, a healthier human. So, so good. Thank you for so much for being on the Solish podcast again and to talk about such a topic. Woo, we did it. I know we did. <laughs> we were like, we're taking something on that neither of us are experts at. And, exactly. <laughs> and so just a disclaimer, neither neither of us are uh, experts in poly or um, ENM. And um, but I think the the conversation was important to have because it there is no shame necessary. And in walking out our journeys in our authentic sexual expression, personal expression in our relationships and the journey is the journey and embracing the journey and not being only about the destination is so important, but also knowing what your true authentic, what I long for dream of destination is not what I've been taught, not what I've been told, not what's conditioning, programming, society, culture tells me that I should want or have in my life, but it's what I truly, truly long for and dream of. And ultimately that's my goal, you know, and that's your goal. And that's why we're here to experience what we're meant to experience and what we choose to experience. And so, um, thank you so much for tackling this with me. And for being such a light to the world, Yaz, you're a beautiful, beautiful person inside and out. Lots of love. I feel the same about you. Like I, I literally, I cry every time we connect because you just bring that out of me. (laughs) 
<laughs> and you're just such an incredible human overall. And I'm just grateful to know you and to have you on this journey because it's it's hard, man. Like like life is really challenging. And if you don't have the right tribe and people who can make you belly laugh and you know make you cry tears of joy, then then what are you really doing? You know, like that's really the goal. <laughs> you're not living if you aren't friends with me, basically. <laughs> everybody in the soulish community (laughs) i love you i love you too babe thank you so much for having me on and thank you for everyone for you know tuning in